0: Ani, welcome to Anishna Babes. Today we are going to be talking to Andrew Manitwabi, Meanwhile Tracy Reckley, both from Weekwam Kung, unceded territory on Manitoulin Island. We are going to be discussing language
1: retention and revitalization. Awesome. I'm so glad to uh, be discussing this topic. It's something I feel really strongly about. And um Yeah, so we just want to welcome you to today's show. And my name is Liz Eskabak. And my name is Stephanie Ponglish. So let's hear what our speakers have to say.
2: Welcome.
0: To babes. In, so,
1: one of the... Things that um, I've been thinking about in terms of like Orange Shirt Day coming up mm-hmm. and the Truth and Reconciliation National Day that was federally recognized for the same day, September thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that uh, we're really talking about is educating others, right, and creating allies and and all of that. Um, But my thoughts were, you know, if that's not my role, then what is my role as the granddaughter of a residential school survivor, as the daughter of a day school survivor? Like, what is my part to play in um, honoring the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation and Orange Shirt Day? And um, one of the pictures I came across on Facebook um, that I actually shared to my own as well, talks about that and really just kind of um, opened my, my eyes and opened my mind and really just kind of gave the idea for um, this podcast today. And um, in it, it says, do everything they tried to destroy. Learn to sing a song, dance, develop your cultural self-identity, go to ceremony, learn your language, sit with our elders and healers. Let's heal together. That's the response. And so I really wanted to focus on learning our language and because some, that's something I feel really strongly about. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like that's a small part that I can play in honoring you know, my legacy as being the granddaughter of a residential school survivor. And the daughter of a, you know day school survivors mm-hmm. um is working towards um learning our language and and just seeing where we're at right because i i have no idea where we're at in terms of um language revitalization and language preservation and so that's why i invited um andrew manitowabi and tracy cleland to join us tonight so <laughs> Yeah! <laughs>
3: uh on learning development division calls from Dongba um nice to be with uh Jimon I think I'm pronouncing that right. I just happen to be a program manager in the Dow of um with Miss John Deng uh Dow um Monkey Wecom um so uh my name is Instrument Swaby I'm in the program manager um for Wecom um I've been in that position since November 2010 uh, it's now September 2021 so it's just a little under 2 years so
1: right on's gone
3: okay so, all right
1: one of the questions we had for you um just some things that we had discussed prior um to this podcast recording um was just do you have stats on the current amount of language speakers in weequemkom
3: um there's been some like um poem- uh, preliminary stats, I guess, given. Um, I know some, one of our elders had actually taken it upon herself, that would be Phyllis Williams going around in the community um, and actually um, finding out, kind of doing like environmental scanning of Wee Quim Quim. And she guesstimated, I guess, she did do a lot of, I know she did put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, and there, she said there was about 450 speakers left um, of those 450 speakers, not all of them want to be involved with passing on the language to the next generation. So, um, and some of them are too old to actually even participate. A lot of them are like um, like shut-ins, I guess. I don't know if that's the correct term, but like they don't get out too often, It's basically what I'm saying. Um, so of that, I would roughly say like maybe, there's maybe 200, 150 to 200 um, elders left in the community that like are actually willing and, to put in time and effort to pass it on to the next generation. So that's that's my guess, anyways. With with what's been done in the community, but I know they did StatsCan was around um, in June. Um, I was actually I was actually doing stats for StatsCan um, out in South Bay and stuff. But um, um, they just um, so I'd like to see some of those stats from. What they what they came up with too. So hopefully yeah. um, there's some some from them as well. But yeah. so that's that's my best guess right now.
1: Okay. And do you know about speakers. and do you know about their approximate age range?
3: The age range is actually probably like 55 and over. So I know there's a few outliers. So there's some people that are younger. Like Sydney uh, Wamagwa would be one who's younger than that age range who does speak fluently. But yeah, for the most part, it's all people 55 and over.
1: So according to the StatsCan website, um, in 2017, the first nations populations have life expectancies at 73 to 74 years for men and mm-hmm. 78 to 80 years for women. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, that means we have roughly 20 years to save the language.
3: I would probably say that's incorrect. I would actually say the majority of those speakers are 55 and over, but probably the majority of those speakers are probably like 65 and over. So that's even that's even less time. So I would say there's probably like an actual useful time for us to like save the language. I would say it's probably like closer to 10 to 15 years left of us actually able, be, being able to do something to you know, create programs, create um, language nests um, left. Yeah, so there's probably only about that much time left. So it's pretty dire.
0: What kind of initiatives are being uh, done in Wiki right now?
3: Um, Right now, um, for my program, uh, we just finished our project, uh, which was the Namwen, and that was an online um, language portal. So shout out to Namwen, N-A-N. Um, a A M W I N dot C A, and it's a comprehensive language portal. Um, and you can just search words up. Um, it's like kind of in that beta phase right now, so there is some kinks to be worked out. But we're really trying to push the project. We haven't done an official launch yet, but that that'll be upcoming soon, like um, probably later on this month. Because um, as you both know, or well, I, well for I guess the people I don't know who your listeners are, but in Wuhan, there was an outbreak. Um, for the month of august we were actually supposed to launch it at the end of july but um that didn't end up happening so um yeah but that'll be happening soon but now is um a comprehensive language portal and we do a uh, different multimedia on there like videos um cartoons um in my department we have an animation specialist who actually creates cartoons short short cartoons in the language um it's also an online dictionary so anywhere you can search in uh, english so it can tell you um what the um, what the phrases, and it'll actually say it for you too. So if you want to listen to it and say it back to yourself, it, it does that feature too. So um, oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, it's good for like archiving the language, and we still also do, we also want to utilize it for promotion and things like that. So, um, but we're in the midst of um, kind of creating a social media strategy for for one. So it's 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 complete, but not complete. It's ongoing, it'll always be ongoing. Um, but we want to kind of shift gears to other initiatives. So um, one of those being um, is a second speaker language program. Um, I, I, I haven't, it hasn't been officially named yet, but I call it like future teacher speakers. So we want to actually have like um, recruit people who are um, close to fluency or have a, a good knowledge of um, Anishinaabeg women who understand the language, but who might necess- who might, um, want to? Um, it'll be like a mentorship. It'll be a master and apprenticeship program. So we want to actually have people paying people to learn the language, and we actually want those people to be our teachers in the, in, in in a school setting or in a language nest. Um, because to try at least um, prolong that 10 to 15 years to maybe 15, 20. If we do, if we could um, teach, um, have those people that who uh, who might are close to being fluent to actually get them to the fluency levels. So we actually want to be an intense program, maybe a two year program where people would be in um, a master and apprenticeship setting uh, with a few elders and it'd be like one-on-one or in a group setting as well. So um, and they'd be paid to learn the language. So and eventually um, you know, become teachers. And then um, I'm gonna try to work with the w- Board of Education to see if they could actually become certified teachers. So that our bypass that requirement for them to like, go to school for four years of university, like that training should be considered teaching, right? You know what I mean? So um, yeah, so that's one. Of, that's another initiative that um, we're working on. So I know the Web and BIMIC is doing their thing with the language nest as well, but um, I, think, I think it'd be a great idea to have as many languages as possible and I think if there's a language nest in um, Rabbit Island, if there's a language nest in South Bay, if there's a language nest in Wikumkong Sing, like, you know, as many as possible. And, you know, so that um, those those dialects, I guess you can say are still strong too. And it doesn't, but um, so that's one, another initiative we're working on. Um, yeah, so that's, those are the two main ones that we're gonna be working on. Plus we're gonna try work, we, we wanna um, work with the Board of Ed too. And, and uh, creating a strategy for them in regards to having full immersion in a school setting. So um, kindergarten, grade one, grade two for those kids that are coming out of the way make and coming out of the language that we want to get started. So those are the main the main initiatives um, but details still need to be worked out. So overarching um, those are the those are the three three points are the three main initiatives that I'm gonna be pushing for the next five years.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Sounds really good. i um, really glad to hear all of that. That's, that's currently being worked on and that's, you know, going to be moving forward.
3: Great. Right. Yeah, no, of course, it's just, it just very unfortunate too, because um, when I came into my position, it was just like th- three or four months in and then COVID hit. So that was like, kind of, you know obviously things were at a standstill, so it was kind of disheartening, but I'm really looking forward to these next five years, so I'm in the process right now of drafting a language strategy for the next five years for the community, so um, that's to be presented, um, revised at Chief of Council on the 27th, so um, that'll be there at at Chief of Council meeting on the 27th for me to present that.
0: What are some ways that families can help with language retention at home?
3: Um, I think, you know, obviously you're not going to learn a language in over a day. I know, like, I I don't know if you want me to share a little bit of my story in regards to how I learned the language or, you know, about how I got involved with the language. Um, I didn't actually grow up with the language in the household that I was at. Um, My grandpa spoke, but I didn't grow up with my grandpa. My mom raised me, so um, it was, um, she didn't speak the language, so. Um, so, but it wasn't actually until I came back to school here in Wiki. It was away I, I was away for grade seven, eight, nine, um, out there, and there was no one to went when offered. And then when I came back, I was I just said that I didn't want to take it. And I actually, they actually forced me to take it because they said if you're going to be a graduate of Waseyabin, that you're going to have to you're going to have to take two grade nine and grade ten Ojibway. So I did, and I excelled in it. Actually, it was like one of the best marks in my class, and I started doing well. So I developed the confidence in myself and stuff. So. And then I started working at these um, around that same time. So I talked to the elders and then I impressed them when I was speaking to them in the language and they encouraged me to keep going. So I kind of fell in love with the language that way. Um, just a brief a brief history, but that's basically how I came about into um, you know, understanding speaking the language. I'd probably say I speak like maybe a two, two year old or a three year old. I still wanna increase my own fluency, but um, it's a path that I'm on myself. and just circumstances in life happen and things like that where you can't pursue some of your interests um, right at that time. But that's something that one of my lifelong goals is to become fluent myself. So um, I wanna, I guess, settle myself, I guess, more so that I can focus on doing that. So I'm looking forward to um, spending more time with um, elders. I do have um, a good connection to elders that I speak with in the community. So they really encourage me. So I'm looking forward to after all this COVID stuff to like really spending a lot of time with them. So. Um. but um, yeah and then um, I went away to university so I kind of thought and then I didn't have anyone to speak to and then when I was away at, at school I didn't really speak to my kids so my kids don't really speak the language and uh, that, that's my own fault and it's just because um, it's hard to kind of learn the language if you're focused on like you know making sure there's food on the table and making sure that you're at your work you know what I mean it's hard uh, enjoying all that time to learn a language but I think um, just starting off, like um, just small things around the household, commands. You know what I mean. Try teach yourself a word every day. Um, even me now, I still I try and force myself to learn a new word that I didn't know before. Um, as much just as be often.
0: like, "What have been Mumpy?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. When uh, people listen up, when uh, <laughs> you know you speak to them and stuff, them and like that. So, but yeah, I think that's a good step right there. Is just. In the household is just starting small you know you start small you don't you don't you don't learn a language overnight so i think just starting small first is uh, the first step so
1: yeah for sure and like i've walked into a few houses that have post-it notes everywhere that are just like labeled everything is labeled and um a friend of mine he's fluent and he went into university not fluent and with the goal to learn the language
0: mm. and
1: um He said for a period of like maybe two to three months, all he did was just like talk to himself, but he was describing everything that he was doing, every action and like, okay, I'm going to go wash the dishes now. Okay. Like as if he was narrating his own life and that's Mm -hmm. what really like built his fluency.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I came back from being away from the language so long, it was kind of tough coming back because I was away from the language so long. So it was hard for me to understand the language when I came back. So it took me a while. Like I'm, I'm not where I was at when I first came back and into this position. Um, I, I feel like I've grown as a speaker and as an understander of the language since being home. And I'm looking forward to doing more than that now that I, now that hopefully we can get out of this COVID situation so I could spend more time there with others and learn more and build my base too. So, and uh, I still even with my own family now, just like um, my immediate family that um I try to speak to them more in the language now even when I'm out in the community I try to speak to the elders as much as possible um I still talk to all the elders when I go to the store every time I see them so we're actually going to be starting a program this fall and it's going to be running from six to twelve months we haven't decided um I partnered with the Wukwamaka'ung Trust um and basically we're um we're going to create um we want to create financial literacy for for youth that are like, you know, young teens or even before that, the concept of money and how that works because that's the world we live in, right? They're gonna have to have some concept of what money is. And I feel like a lot of our youth don't have that understanding. And a lot of them uh, are disconnected from their elders. A lot of a lot of times they don't even know, they don't spend time with their grandparents or maybe they don't have a grandparent that's alive, things like that. So we're actually gonna be creating a financial literacy camp that's gonna run six to 12 months but there's gonna be aspects to and when in it because all there's terms for money, like Zinigat, which is borrow or kadamin you know, there's all these terms for commerce that we have. And I know there's more different types, different scenarios that we could use. And uh, we're gonna invite some elders to help facilitate too as well. So, um, me and one of the trustees are creating um, the program right now, so... Um, and I feel like a lot of youth too. Like there's a lot of activities for youth, and so we do want to provide some incentives for them to actually come to the camp. So we're going to be probably providing like little honorariums or something, or a draw or something. But we want like our youth to be involved with it. It wouldn't be like a lengthy, you know, three-hour seminar. It might be like a, you know, an hour once a week. You know what I mean? Or an hour two weeks, but it also introduced the concept of the Nishabim. and uh, because I feel like a lot of our people are afraid to approach elders, and elders are afraid to approach youth, you know, there's a large disconnect there, so I'm hopefully with this program that um, uh, we could kind of um, stop the disconnect or increase the connection with um, our generation, our younger generations and our older generations, because I learned so much from elders, so much just the way even life was, just how hard it was, and so that's how, why I'm I'm so much appreciative of, um, you know, the life that I guess the life of, cause of people that suffered before us. So, um, yeah, so, um, just, uh, watch out for that.
0: Awesome. That's, that's great that, uh, you're doing that, Andrew, that's uh, definitely needed be able to use those terms while you're, while you're practicing boring money. Yeah, <laughs> <to> be <like, laughs>
1: okay. okay. because you're books Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when and
0: I was
2: like, like, like when you, when you talk about when you talk about that, like it's so funny because like. Um, I always remember it. snanny banana, like because it's just always so expensive. My dad would be like that. Real cheap. Snony banana would be like you
0: know seventy cents or something. When I was in uh, grade six at Pontiac, I remember Barb came in and she was telling all of us. She was like, "Okay, when you guys go home tonight, I want to hear, I want to hear a saying you hear at home all the time, and then come back tomorrow and tell us." And so oh I was really, like, I was really excited, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, neentum, neentum. And then she's like, no, Stephanie. And I was like, (laughs) Kakshigego (laughs) Junyan Dazin.
3: And now you're going
2: to take that, Andrew, and use that for your money turn. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, basically.
2: (laughs) I don't have any money. I don't have any money. You know what, I think we've all heard that because that's all, you know, kids would always ask for, right? I need some money. Can I have a dollar? Yep. So funny.
1: <laughs> well, Chimmy miigwech for sharing with us. Um, I really appreciate hearing from you and uh, that you were able to join us tonight. Um, I'd like to switch gears and have uh, Tracy introduce herself here and then uh, just talk about the work that she's doing in the community as well.
2: Hey, Bojo. Boshkapko um, Ni, Zunishnabe, and Oswenawan. Tracy Cleland, Jaganashi, and Oswen. Mampi, Wabo Zomunising Donda, Nungwa, ekonomage Nin, Mampi, Wikwem um, so quickly, briefly, that was just uh, an introduction. I've actually practiced that probably a hundred times. and um, how you talk about fluency and what can I do to learn more is honestly repeat, 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 repeat. Um, every single thing you do. So even with my introduction, I never used to use my Nishabbe Nosewin. Um, I'd always say Tracy, you know my Jagannashi, my English name. So I, so I start using my Nishnabe name, my English name. But even saying that, Nish Jagannashi, when knows when like my English name. So that even took a couple of practices, but it sounds good. You know, I sound fluent when I'm talking, man. <laughs> and I'm not totally a hundred percent fluent, but my ears are, which I'm very grateful to my parents, uh, Frederick Ba and Biola. Recolet there I grew up in a home of fluency Uh, my mom and dad are fluent my sister Holly uh, Recolet who resides in Toronto is a fluent speaker as well and she's in that 50 category with like Cynthia Bell her that age right there still has fluent speakers Um, so I was just lucky enough to have that growing up now, um, for most homes in Wee Kong today, don't have that anymore. Uh, I know Liz, Stephanie, Andrew, we all grew up with that. We grew up with a lot of the language in our stores, um, at home, even at school, sometimes when we could, when, when it was allowed. But back then, even we were still living in that day school era where they were pushing French. On us, you know. I remember that right up to grade seven or grade six. Sorry, at Pontiac, we were taking French, which I thought was strange. Um, so I was asked here today to speak about way uh, Gamik, which is a language nest or house, however you want to call it. Um, this was just started by kind of like what we do here, like what we're talking. What can we do to learn the language? You know, what can we do? What I want to learn, and it started with a few elders that actually started before me. Um, they used to just meet together, and um, they were just really um, passionate and scared for the language because these elders right now, like Raymond Jackson, Phyllis Kimwan, uh, Martino Ozamic, a lot of the Ozamics, they're they were scared. They're getting scared of not passing on, but not passing on the language to future generations. Um, My generations are babies, and they do understand that to learn a language, the most important years is that that when a mom's pregnant majishka when they're majishka tell at the age of six those are the most important years to learn a language so they're already learning it in the stomach because you hear it you say it and it's all around that baby so anything um, um whatever the mom does the baby can feel and hear and um so when I was sitting with these elders um I was like, I wasn't as involved in ho- at home. I just kind of was like a hermit, always staying in, never really joining too many things, unless it had to do with powwow or dance, then I'd be there. And then the language got more, um, caught my interest more because I was forgetting words and um, not being able to respond back in when to my mom or uh, my aunties, and um, then I was thinking, well, I just had my daughter, Wasquanet, and she is five now, but at the time, she was only about a year old, two years old, and I was like, geez, I really wish she could, like, have that opportunity, like me, to learn the language, and I look at my son, he doesn't have it, then, but my girls catch on really quick on any type of word, in Anishinaabem, when kids can just grasp onto it, So when we started meeting with the elders, when I got invited to a meeting and they just were meeting outside, wherever, the ballpark, outside the band office, on a picnic table, you know, (laughs) wherever they met, they met and they said, we need to do something. We need to do something. So a year passed and I, I kind of went to a meeting and, um, there was me, um, Another, uh, the Guagan is another one, we were just as young parents or not, well, we're not that young, but new parents came up and, you know, we're, we were excited to see that elders wanted to teach. And it was, and then the elders were excited to see a few, there was only three of us, three parents that showed, but that was three more than what they started with, and three more children um, they could reach, so the our language is endangered um like andrew said really it's not 30 years it's more like um i'd say 20 to 30 years our language in wikwemkong um could be extinct and i've been sharing this a lot on social media really sharing and i just honestly start becoming like an advocate for the language um just by I don't know it just caught me and I went back to school to become a teacher and then I seen a language program and I said I was too scared I was scared to do it so the interview was in Emwin. and so when I did it I was I was surprised that I was able to answer and understand and then this lady was like right on like that was really good you know and I was like surprised and I thought like well maybe I can Maybe I can become a teacher. And then um, what brought me though is like I was living and working in Sudbury and I seen a um non-native teacher, Jaganashi Kwe, teaching Nishnab And that really like got to me. And I was like, but she was um for Bojo, she was saying Bozo, you know, like so then I was like, oh, I'm correcting her, but then. then I was kind of almost getting mad but then I didn't want to be mad (laughs) and then I'm like oh my god you know I'm not fluent 100% fluent but I know I can teach the language um better than the bozo No, just kidding (laughs) but I I knew I could at least teach the the basics of Nishinaabemwin you know I know all the numbers days weather things like that and I was like well I'd rather have that for children than, you know, someone not, you know, it, it would be like me trying to teach Italian or something and I have nothing I don't know anything about it and I wouldn't be a good teacher for that language, you know. So um so when I grew, joined the group the the elders were really excited they were happy they had someone some younger parents not just me but like Cindy K I invited Cindy and then we invited other Uh, parents to come with uh, new children. And then um, another year went past and I said, geez, you know, we got to do something. (laughs) Like we keep talking, but we're not doing. So we just started Meeting at the ballpark, we started um, meeting at uh, Nabochweden, which is just uh, a little space in um, the mini mall here in kong And we all just paid our own money to rent that space, like for each person, you know, five bucks, non-obic. It's not a big deal. So we all just pitched in and we just sat and talked and listened. And the kids would play. And they would hear the language. That whole, you know, three hours, four hours, however time, much time we had. And then we said we need to start a language house or a, a nest because when we grew up, in the way, like in the way when, that's something you feel, you hear, and that is something. Even to explain it in Anishinaabem, Anishinaabem, when, it's even hard to explain that word because it's the feeling, it what goes it, it it's what comes out of your mouth, what goes right into that child or the fetus. Like that's how um, important our language is, like to learn the roots of that word and the feelings, what it actual mean, like, actually means, you know? Like even if you take the word like or everyone thinks like okay that's the flower you know it is but that's describing that but actually you know when you think about the word it's actually what that flower um h- how that flower makes you feel that you know, when you look at a flower it makes you feel happy and, and there's all these feelings that go into that word it's just so important to learn and you know when you sit with Brian Pelche he can Stanley Pelche. These people can really break down these words to really get you to understand these words. So anyways, going to Nawe Wingamik, we came up with the name as the as a group, and we're all volunteers like this is all community based um, um, group of us. We just wanted to start something that we didn't have to go through policies and procedures, and this and that, and you get caught up on all that juganashi things that we can't move forward for a lot of things. And then to get funding, you can't get it because you don't go through the policies and procedures. And that's where we get stuck for Noe Wengamik, is that you know, we want to do things, but we can't access those monies because we don't have policies and procedures. And, you know, and it, we're nishnob, and we shouldn't have to, you know, we shouldn't have to do that. But that's kind of how that thing goes, you know. So it's a grassroots program. It's for everybody in Wikwemkong and it's not to say that our group is very small. It's really small when you think about it. We do have 29 committed speakers, fluent speakers. And our youngest uh, fluent speaker is what Andy said is Cynthia Wemigwans. And she is 40. Oh, she might kill me if I say her her age. But I'll just say in the 40s. So I won't even say it. She's in her 40s. That's one of our youngest speakers in Wee Kweemkong. Um, Wilson Manitwabi is another one that's um, uh, under 40, who's pretty fluent. He's really good. He's fluent. He's my cousin as well. and But like he's not the type to be a teacher, okay? He doesn't want to teach, you know? That's not him, but he knows the language. Most, you know, like my sister's fluent, does not want to teach it, but she's fluent, you know? So we like how Andy says, we do have people that just don't want to teach, but that's just, you know, you know, you can't change them, but it's, it's good that we have some speakers, you know? So with Phyllis, she's with our No Way Win group, and we do, we did go and start, we did, No Way Win did start making a list of speakers, and maybe later I can forward that to you guys, of all the names on and off reserve, These are Wikwemkong Band members on and off reserve. We have some like that live in, you know, California, you know, they're all over, but they are fluent speakers. And this is with the help of different people from all over Chumokamon King. We have a lot of speakers there. So they share back with our group, the names. And at one time we were at 450, but now even just in a year, it's gone down to like the 430s because we've already lost There was one week where we lost three speakers, you know, and we'll never, ever get that back, ever. Their knowledge, their old words, you know, it's really scary, really sad. And I think this is how we got started as a group. Um, We just want to, um, a big thing with the group is just to maintain and preserve the language. They don't, they don't, our group does not like, I should say the elders do not like using the word revitalize. They don't like using that word. They like to say, preserve, maintain, because they're fluent. They're like, we don't have to revitalize the language because we're 100% fluent. But we do want to maintain that language and preserve our language. So they want to pass this on to our babies. So um, I just had a a set of twins last year. So adding to the <laughs> to the group, um, we um, my sons uh, their first words were Emwin. So when I took them to the doctor, they said, "Do they know nine words English words?" And I said, "No, they don't, but they do know nine Emwin words." And the doctor just looked at me and was shocked but happy, and and actually pretty proud that. That was the first time he's ever heard that. And he's like, well, that's perfect. And you know, like they passed. but yeah, it, I thought it was pretty cool that they understood um, that they they like just saying sharing that with the doctor was pretty exciting and to share it with our group, our our elders. Um, so we um august twenty fourth, I believe, was the first day of um the opening of no wingamik so august twenty fourth, 2020 is when our 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 house open we actually went with a uh, band member she actually is working in um um in Chamokuman king so she had her house open for rent really and it just everything just seemed to work out we found a house to start a language nest and she was willing to rent it and we had a group of people that were willing to volunteer and fundraise money to pay the rent. And we had people wanting to help apply for money and to get this going. And um, we did have Maryette Sutherland that was a really big help at when we first started, she wrote our, um, she did a proposal for us and we did end up getting money to get started which was really exciting. So we were that whole year got to start our, you know, we were excited. and then we had Kevin, Wasid um, come in to help. And then I and then shortly after, I believe uh, Andrew got hired, and then we had more to add to the team. and then we had just a lot more people coming and coming and oh, this just got really exciting. and then um then for some, Reason the group wanted me to be the president of Nowe Wingamick. And I was really scared, but all the elders um, wanted me to and basically just pushed me into the spot, really. That I was like, I don't even know what to do or what I'm doing, but everything is learning, you know. So I took on the role as president of Nuewe Wingamick. And then Cynthia Wemigwans is the vice president of Nue Wingamick. So she's our fluent speaker. Um, and then we have Nogwagin. Eshkabak, um, who is our secretary. And then we have Cynthia Owozamik, that is our, um, oh, sorry, she's our secretary and Ngwagan's our treasurer. Mm-hmm. So we're all four parents that have young children under the ages of five. So we were all invested and we all got pushed into these spots <laughs> by the elders, but that's okay. Like, okay um we were just trying to build something we just don't know we're just learning month by month week by week day by day I have no background in that you know like that kind of stuff I'm more of the social worker dancer (laughs) teacher style you know so this is all learning um there's just so much I want to share so I'm just like just going quickly through some notes I had um Oh yes, Um, so yeah. So we were under four hundred and fifty. We could have more though, more speakers. We just got to keep that um, list going, and we only do it by word of mouth, uh, Facebook. This is how we are able to find those speakers because there was names that were popping up that no one knew, but this person from you know Cali knew, or over you know all over Chumokaman King. And yeah, so that, that's kind of neat to see too, but what's really scary is for most people, 450 sounds like a lot, which it is, it is. But for a community of eight, 9,000 people that once used to be fluent, even just, I would say even just 20 years ago, if that's really scary, you know, that we only have like 400 speakers left. And like what Andrew said, over 65, there's most of them are over 65 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I cry probably once a week when I think about, or sit with my, my, we have one elder, you know, we stay in our bubbles, but I do have one elder that comes to my house four to seven times a week. And she sits with the boys with my kids, with me. And some days I'm like, Oh, you know, like I'm not ready for a visitor, but then I am grateful after she leaves, you know, like, Oh my God, you know, like all that knowledge, all that language, all that. And she doesn't speak English when she's here. It's all Nishnabem. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then, you know, and that's, I'm like, I feel so rich with that. Like I'm lucky. Um, not everyone gets that, you know? And, um, one thing I, I I learned was that you know, to learn the language, you really have to sit with somebody. and you really, honestly, all it costs is your time. And I know time is precious for everybody, and everyone's so busy with jobs. and um, you know, you just gotta say, what's more important? Is money important more than the language or our culture? You have to choose. And um, sometimes you have to make a hard decision. And for me, I end up doing that this year. I, I resigned from the school board to focus on my children's language and culture. And because if I was away working all day, I and all that progress we did with um, my twins and Wasquena, I feel would be lost in the school system or at daycare. Um, they have to have that. Every day, you have to do it every day, and they need it. I'm really trying to fight for fluency schools. Like it can't be half and half. It has to be 100% fluent schools, yeah. And yeah. Um, the homes have to be 100% fluent. And I know I've I've had a lot of negative, and it's strange that this sounds so awesome. It should be like an, on everyone's top list. It it, it isn't. And I, I've gotten a lot of backlash as well. Like, well, that's not going to work. That stuff doesn't work, you know. And, but when you look, and maybe you guys might have a chance once this COVID's over, um, that when you come and see the, like sit in the house and see the kids playing in Emwin, you know, um, you're like, uh, like we only have about nine students like nine children that are um, that come almost every day to the, to the language house. And those nine probably know more than most of our uh, adults in Wi Kong, like our younger younger adults. And but imagine just focusing on the nine for six to ten years, just fluency. you'd have new nine new speakers. Yeah. And what if you added another ten to that new babies being born? we'd have 19 and the numbers can just triple if we just focus on just having language homes and fluent, um, fluent schools, you know. Another thing I wanted to share, which is kind of, it's brand new. Um, we end up applying for money through the Canada Council uh, for um, the Arts. And Ontario Arts Council, um, so we end up receiving a hundred and fifteen thousand for Noe Gummik. Yay! Oh. Yeah! Yay! <laughs> and I, 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 finally asked the group if I could share with media because we've we've gotten this a few weeks ago, and um, this project, what we we um, we um, buddied up with some people, you know. Um, that are artistic people from Wikwemkong. Alanis King is one you might know. Gloria Eshkabak, you might know. You know, we have, um, you know, there's a few from Sally Reckley, um, uh, Jeffrey, you know, Mr. Jeffrey. If you went to junior school, you would know Mr. Jeffrey. We have so many awesome, (laughs) yeah. We have so many awesome people in this little artistic group. And we, way Wingemik kind of took a different turn of um we did miss like some deadlines on some funding but that's okay we end up fundraising a lot of money actually on our own um over 10,000 with uh two raffles that's it we end up making 10,000 for the house so we were able to pay our rent (laughs) for those couple of months which is awesome (laughs)
1: yeah
2: and um with the our um, the funding we did get, we are to cre- we are creating and this is I would say probably um, one of a kind I would like to say I hope I haven't really did too much research but I know in this area there isn't I know there's your podcast but this would be 40 it's called the 49er project and um, <laughs> and on the way when Gamick with Alanis is creating 49, all fluent, all Nishnab Mwin podcasts. So these are stories from. Wow. Yeah, it's real. It hasn't even been out there yet because we're just, you know, getting ready. And I want to do like an article with Manitoulin Expositor and stuff and really share our news. We're almost wrapping up. This is our last week to wrap up our stories, but this is 49 stories from. Um, all different type of speakers from Wekwemkong, and it's stories of maybe their childhood, stories of maybe how to make a basket or something, you know, stories about um, how they grew up, and this is all in one hundred percent Nishnaabemwin. There's no English and because at no way Winkumic, we do we do not have the TV on or we don't even have a TV we took the TV out and we took the radio out. So we have no English <laughs> music, no English. you know if I put on something that's Nishna it's gonna be um, a Nishnabe CD in the language, Lisozomic or somebody, and that get, you know, you can only listen to so much and then you're, you know, but it's good because you'll know every single word in those songs. <laughs> so that's another way. Listen to that about a hundred times. You'll know those songs. You'll, you'll have eight songs, Nishnabemwin, And then, so now with this podcast, when we get done, we'll have like over an hour, two hours of uh, fluent speakers from We telling stories all, you know, and we're going to play that at our house but it's going to be all over the world now when we launch this and it's so exciting. I'm so excited. Like this is, you know, like has that artistic side. And I know you guys can appreciate that, Stephanie and Liz, and then um, even Andrew, with all the fluency that's in that these podcasts, I just, I mean, I, because of COVID we had to really, um, um, just keep it to the three or four so i couldn't sit in and i didn't want to you know we don't want to be over we kept running though and that's the good thing about being grassroots and community-led you don't have to follow the band orders or police orders or, or this is all on our own and we do take that risk but most of us don't go anywhere like we're south bay or wiki you know we don't go anywhere so we feel yeah. safe because <laughs> We trust each other and we do, you know, if someone does feel sick, then, you know, they'll stay home. Or mm-hmm. if they, if someone does leave the community, they're very honest. Our elders are very honest and they'll say, Oh, I'll be gone for two weeks. bye be you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, um, so while COVID hit, we our house stayed open. We just, um, you know, kept, um, It was, we had the same maybe four, you know, we had different time slots. So we were still able to stay under the 10. We still were careful. But that's the thing, you know, when things like that happen, we, you know, it's our choice to stay open. It's our choice to close. But with the outbreak, we did decide to close because, you know, that'd be safe too. But that's the good thing about being kind of independent and doing your own thing is that you can do things, um, have different things on your own without like asking somebody you know like all that the procedures and policies and things like that we just deal with each other
1: <laughs> yeah
2: we just deal with each other like old school ways like a house like your home mm-hmm. um anyway so that was our big news I really want to share um and then hopefully in two years we will we'll be eligible to apply for I think twice or triple that amount and we want to have enough podcasts to have for 365 days. So that would be a whole year of fluency. And we get to record our elders that are up there. And we will always have that. We'll always have their voice and we'll have those stories, which is I think amazing, you know, even if they, and they, they talk like that, they talk like that. When I pass, which is soon, you know, I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, like, don't scare me, but but they're, like, at peace with it, but they want to share, so I know you guys were saying, like, what can we do to learn? If you have an elder, they have so much time, and they want to visit, really, it's just giving up your time to learn, Mm -hmm. and the post-its really work, posting everything, like, my husband's not fluent, hasn't, you know, and he's Ojibwe, like, So it's a little harder when you have Odawa and Potawatomi mixed because he's straight Ojibwe. The words are a little different, but he, um, when my mom talks to him now, he understands like what she, yeah, yeah, maybe not the whole sentence, but he'll pick up wepton or um, Mijin or Depsini, like he'll say, oh, am I full from that supper? You know, like, and she goes, "Ah," like, so like he's getting, he's understanding and that's just being around a fluent speaker mm-hmm. almost every day so it works you just gotta do it and like I said like um, starting off with um, an introduction learning something new each time you, you do an introduction so whether it's like your clan your Anishinaabe name where you're from all one even that all one I learned and and now I can just now I can use it and you know Anishinaabe
3: queer, like, even just using that, I'm a Native woman, you know? I mean, yeah, no, awesome. Tracy is such inspiration, like, that's so awesome that you guys did all that, and that just proves to show that, like, you don't need the band to do what you want to do, you know what I mean? Um, you know, not to say that, you know, I work for the band, I'm not bad the band, but I'm just saying that we do have limitations, which, which Tracy mentioned, yeah. so... Um, you know, and I, and you know, props to your pro, uh, to what you guys are doing out there. I don't want to call it a program because I don't, I wouldn't even call it that. Yes, um, and I think yes. that you guys are doing some great work out there and, um, any way that I can help and support you guys, I'm here to do that, you know? So, um, I am talking with Ngova and I'm doing, working on her with the language strategy that I'm drafting. So I think the more that we do connections with each other is what is the most important thing. So, um, congratulations, Tracy, to what you guys are doing out there. Oh Miigwech.
2: Yeah, and hopefully once this darn, you know, midosh leaves, we can get back to normal and we can have bigger things together. And actually, when we first started, we were with Andrew and we did do um, um, like a family fun day and it was all in the language. We had games in the language. We were singing in the language, talking, visiting, and we were just getting started. And then it's like, boom, we couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know, but we can do even Zoom is cool, you know, to sit with elders. Um, I wanted to share Um, Isidore Toulouse does a language class every day at 11 a.m. And um, I can always forward that kind of stuff, you guys, because all you have to do is log in and just listen, listen to him teach for half an hour. And then right after is Pat, Pat Ozomik. And then she does another, that's a full hour of language, teaching every day. And then Liz Ozamik also has classes she does. So there's different classes being held that um, uh, families and um, parents can access. It's just, we just got to share those links.
1: This uh, conversation, it just reminds me of, um, so I grew up in Wiki. Um, I went to school in Wiki um, till high school but, uh, I remember, I think it was grade four or grade five. Um, our teacher, she was like, we have the, uh, some people from the Wikimakong heritage organization here. And, um, they want to, they want to come in and say something and (laughs) give them your attention. And so, you know, we're all sitting in class and, and, um, in walks, you know, one of the, one of the workers from the who office and, uh, start speaking in Nishnabe, and so we're sitting there and only one student in our class raised his hand and uh, so she says um, I asked a question and I asked I said if you can understand me raise your hand and she goes we're doing a survey in every classroom to see how many of our students are fluent and we're like, okay, ask again. Like, <laughs> now that we know what you're asking. Well, <laughs> you know, I've always been interested in those, in those stats that they had taken at that time. Mind you, like, I don't want to say when I was in grade four or five, that's probably over 20 years ago now. <laughs> but um, it was really concerning to me, you know, being in that class and, and realizing, you know, and thinking that at that time that, yeah, um, my first language was Nishnabemwin. My older cousins remember me speaking fluently. I don't remember speaking fluently. You know, in my dreams, I'm fluent. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, once I went to school, I started school in grade two. Um, then I, I I lost it. I had nobody else to talk to and I just quit speaking. Um, so I can understand, but I can't respond. I always respond in English. Um and then even now, like I don't respond, I don't understand fully. I'm getting to that point where I'm forgetting more and more and more. And so, yeah, I I often uh, I often think about that time at junior school, you know, and then wondering where are we going and um, will that ever change to where you know they walk into a classroom and say that same thing, and is there more you know children's hands that'll be raised hmm so <clears throat> yeah I want to share like um
2: from an elder she said that um this is really like maybe a few months ago she said um she goes well well me she said I think it's done that's what she said that the language I think she was frustrated at the time and a little uh, like just almost, almost losing hope that our language is not going to get passed on to our babies and um, our children and she's like almost hitting seven. and she that's what she said oh I think that's it she's like I'm getting tired I'm getting older I don't even know if I'll be here next month or next year she's like you know, all that I can give now is not being taken. And when she said that, I was like, oh my God, like I almost cried. And and then right away I'm like, okay, I talk to her all the time, invite her and like, you know, other speakers. And um, then that's why when I got involved with the group with Noe Wingamick, it's like, we need to do this. Like I need we I need to share <clears throat> with uh the the public, the world, all over Turtle Island, that we need to learn our languages, whether it's Haudenosaunee or Ojibwe Cree, you know, we, our languages, we don't wanna lose them. We, you know, our, our elders, our people, fought hard for us to keep this and most of them attended residential schools and they were they managed to hold on to that you know my parents my grandparents my you know and I'm like so what are what do we got to do you know we need to we also have to be accountable to to learn the language you know and um you know and you know everyone says well and I had someone say to me oh you're crazy we have the language here and I said, we have them in our house. That's what she said. And I said, yeah, in your house, but not the 10 houses down the street or the, the 100 houses in town. They don't have the language. So, you know, like, I think they because I, I feel like they they know it, they have it. But when you look at the rest of the community, they don't have it. And that's why we when we start talking about the language house. This way, if you don't have the house, you can come to a house where you'll have guaranteed two fluent speakers. At No Way Gimmick, you know, we have it from nine to 12. We have two fluent speakers. Then 12 to three, we have a new pair. And then from, then there's a little break. And then from five to eight, we have new speakers. And there's two speakers at all time because you have to have conversation. You can't just have one person and one person not speaking. You have to have two to hear it to learn it Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and um so that's how we started and you know and this is all volunteer you know these elders are volunteering their time the parents are coming on their own time um you know so a lot of the stuff we do is on uh, based on donations or fundraising with our group so um we did get lucky with the one funding before and then with the arts council but this is the arts council that's going to be for everybody though you know anybody and everybody can hear this which is exciting speaking mm-hmm. of donations but, uh, Tracy how
0: can uh how can people support uh if they want to support um, financially or or um food or anything like that
2: just put it in this hand here <laughs> <I'm just kidding.
0: laughs> just put up your emt
2: (laughs) i just i just collected usually um people will come up to somebody that knows like say me or an elder someone said "I really want to donate and they've just given like 200 you know 20 even somebody even this little old man said here's 20 dollars," and it was just so cute he's like you know bread for the babies at least you know and it does help like we'll buy eggs and bread at the house we cook together we eat together we clean we you know we do everything like a house so you know so that money went towards food and um all our stuff that we have there so usually with them um, they can write a check out to no way uh or they can emt me i'd rather not or you can like the checks would be better or-
1: So I feel like in our language is really the key to unlocking our worldview and how how we understand the world and all of creation and um, our place as spiritual beings um, within Shkakmekwe, within Mother Earth, and um, how who we are. Right? It's it's really the core of who we are as. Anishinaabe people as Indigenous people Um, and um, we all know I don't know if you can see it this this meme right here so I'm just going to read it out. Um, Mm -hmm. It was the 1983 First Ministers Conference and it was Pierre Elliott Trudeau who said if you no longer speak your language and no longer practice your culture, then you have no right to demand Aboriginal rights from us because you are assimilated with the ruling power. And I don't want to be assimilated. I don't want my children to be assimilated. I don't wanna, I want to learn my language. I want to speak my language. I want to practice my culture and I don't want it to be an empty practice right i don't want to do ceremony without the language and have it become just this act you know and i feel like when we lose when we lose sight of that then we just really lose sight of the value of the language and all that it holds for us and yeah so i I,
0: yeah no you're you're 100 right you're one hundred percent right. Whenever you, whenever you uh, look at some of the words or some of the way we say things, there's a different, completely different meaning than how it's said in English. And I think that that's one of the things that I find a little troubling when when someone that doesn't know anishinaabemwin is trying to teach anishinaabemwin because sometimes it's taught in the Western worldview as opposed to Anishinaabe worldview. And I find that that's kind of something that another thing that we're struggling with. Um, sorry uh, Andrew
3: on there uh, Miwa um, yeah one is so descriptive. Um, there's words for every every action, every uh, every change of the colors the trees. Um, when I spent time at my camp like a few weeks ago I would just swim for like an hour just watching nature and things like that. And uh, wondering, like, how would they, wonder how that would be said, the description at that time of you know, the way the clouds were, or, you know, the way the sun was setting that day, or setting that evening, there was words for that. And I know there is. So, um, yeah, it's such a descriptive language. And you do, when you start learning the language, you do look at the world very, very differently. And uh, even though I just have a taste of that, I'm just really wanna taste more, so, you know. I I, so I know what you mean, Liz or Shense. So thanks for sharing those.
2: That was another reason why I went to become a teacher was that um, I like wasn't allowed to teach, say in Sudbury, okay, because I wasn't a teacher. But I couldn't, I just couldn't stand seeing a non-native go and teach Nishnaabemwin, just like what you said, Steph. Like, and I said, so I had that. like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do something brave here and just go for it and try. And I just did it, like, knowing that I'm not totally fluent, but I had so much um, people backing me up, you know, my neighbors, caught me, and, you know, even Lorraine next door, they were just, do it, do it. Because how are you going to learn? And how are children going to have someone to help teach, you know, or learn? And so I did it, and um, I'm happy I did it. And I end up going to the schools and, um, you know, doing what I can. But then I'm doing that. Um, I, I knew that wasn't enough either. Like teaching 20, like if I had a 30 minute class, I honestly, after you get the kids wind down, ready to learn and then lined up to go to the next class re, in that 30 minutes, you only really get 15, 20 minutes to teach so that 30 turns to 20 and if you're having a bad day with kids you know like they're not listening then you have a shorter time and you can't and we have um speakers at no way that have been teachers for most of their lives and they even said you'll never learn the language in 20 30 minutes a day you'll never never she's like in all though our one teacher said and that whole time of me teaching, not one student has come out of the schools fluent. And by the time they went to high school, they were retaught colors, months, years, uh, emotions, all that because they already forgot what they learned from grade ones to eight. And then at summer break, they forgot you know, you have to start all over. So it was repeating everything every year for eight, 10 years. And they do not remember, they are not fluent. And so now my next venture is just really promoting and trying to get fluent um, schools for our children. Cause my kids have to go to school now. And um, and I like, <clears throat> they they are starting this year, but when I asked the school if it would be a hundred percent fluency, I was told that it was up to the kids, which I thought was like, well, what does that mean? You know, does that mean if the kids don't want to speak in they don't have to, or, you know, like, I was like, kind of shocked, like with that response. And I said to me, if it's a fluent class, it should be 100% Nishinaabemwin, you know, but I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see once my girl starts. And I hope, I'm praying, because we do have some really good teachers. I'm not going to say we don't. We just need that. all Like, we need it hours. We need it, like, most of your day needs to be Anishinaabemwin. So <clears throat> that's kind of like my next venture, I hope. And I took a jump and up and quit my job just to keep my boys, you know, into the like where they are right now they're a year old and if I feel like if I stop now all of what I did for that year will be gone you know and if I put them into a a, the even our our little daycare here it's English so I know they'll they'll lose it because all day they'll get English instead of Nishnabemwin. so I really want to keep the way when going and more language houses um so even like in Sudbury, you know, they can create a language house. You know, I know they can. Um, just gotta do it. You gotta have the people volunteer, and we just gotta, we just gotta do it. You just gotta. No more talking. Just do it. You know. I uh, I did a
0: a beating class over here in Toronto one time, and uh, there was a couple of speakers, um, my uncle, Albert Owl, and there was a young guy there. I can't remember his name. There was a woman there, and I can't remember her name either. Oh, gosh. Anyways, so we were sitting there um, beating, and while we were beating, they were they were writing. You know the terms of how to be. You know um, how to thread the needle. You know um, how to pierce through leather. Everything that was like everything that we needed to say to each other. They were writing on the board and some of the words they they couldn't remember or it was new a new way of describing what we we're doing and so they actually called people in wiki on the phone like right in the classroom i was like right oh this is awesome you know it's all like uh, all new terms and i just thought it was it was amazing wow. so in
1: closing um i wanted to read out the um one of the truth and reconciliation calls to action Number 14 is, um, talks about the language. They have um, a special call to action regarding the language and it's quite lengthy. So just uh, just give me some time here. That we call upon the federal government to enact an Aboriginal Languages Act that incorporates the following principles. Aboriginal languages are a fundamental and valued ele- element of Canadian culture and society, and there is an urgency to preserve them. Aboriginal languages are reinforced by the treaties. The federal government has a responsibility to provide sufficient funds for Aboriginal language revitalization and preservation. The preservation, revitalization, and strengthening of Aboriginal languages and cultures are best managed by Aboriginal peoples and their communities funding for aboriginal language initiatives must reflect the diversity of aboriginal languages. So just with that, I feel like Wee Kwem Andrew Mantuabi, Tracy Cleland, all of the work that you're doing clearly reflects that and I just want to say a big miigwech to the both of you for sharing with us tonight and you know for for laughing and for crying and you know for mm-hmm. advocating for um advocating for win. And so mm-hmm. to right. miigwech. Um, um,
3: miigwech, Miigwech. Um, um, miigwech, miigwech up to Miigwech. Um you know or th- <laughs> Miigwech. 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 yin for for you know miigwech for us for visiting
2: so yeah so um yeah i I was told to even just to learn a word a day but say pick one word and use it all day as much as you can with anybody whether you know and even if someone's just starting off even just saying honey bojo you know or or um i had this little girl next door she'd always say say oh bojo she's like Oh, honey, honey, I I was like, where did that come from? And she goes, I don't know. That's all I know. When
0: when I was at when I was at uh, IKEA, I was in the line to get in, and then the IKEA guy gives me something. I was like, Oh, miigwech. And my friends like would you say miigwech he can't understand you I was like well he's gonna
2: learn (laughs) yeah and the thing is like try and be uh, it's like you have to be brave um even here um in wiki I do my best to speak as much as I can and even if I'm choppy they'll help me um you know with the word so even like you know with jimmy at the gas station he's 100 percent fluent he knows that old school Nishnaabemwin too so even just going to the gas station um i asked my mom okay how do you say fill it up again how do you say fill, fill it up again and instead of just say nishdana or simdana you know i then I, finally i because i wanted to learn that word so um moshkanebish you know you know moshkanebish yeah and you don't want to say you know, like, that's filled, but you have to, that's why learning those words are so important, is like filling that all up, like, fill my car up, you know, so, and he just looks at you, he just, he's so happy when he hears the language, eh? even with Wes now just saying ani or, you know, and also, uh, one more I would like to share is like, you know, if someone says, oh, how are you, you know, and not just nishin because uh, my elders like you're not good every day you're not good every day <laughs> <laughs> so um you know so mix it up so learn a new word you know what or guatana maybe switching it up or um uh, i'm okay i'm all right or even if you're sad you know like be honest she's like you're never good every day she's like don't say nishin i was like okay <laughs> so another tip anyways help learn but miigwetch for having me this was fun i can hear my babies upstairs so
0: Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> miigwetch this was such a great discussion and i'm sure we can have more of this in the future oh yeah mm-hmm. for
3: sure no doubt we'll have a part two yeah for, we'll give updates
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes yes updates and okay. forward us those links so we can share them with yes. our listeners yeah. Yep. No, yep. me
3: watch. No, just me
0: watch.
1: What minimum? What minimum? Family.